the Built for Trades podcast. This is your host, Dan Dowdy. This podcast is all about helping you grow and helping your team grow through leadership development, knowing that leadership development is a lifelong journey, not a destination. So welcome to the show. Today is part two in a three-part episode of Creating a Team That Excels. If you have not listened to part one, I encourage you to pause this one, go back to a previous episode here on the Bill for the Trades podcast, and listen to part one, because these will all fall in order of importance, knowing that you can pay somebody to do a job, but how do you create a team that excels? How do you create a person and a team that goes above and beyond for your organization. And that's what this three-part podcast is all about. So as I dive in today, just want to encourage you to subscribe to the show, share this with a friend, and leave us a review. Reviews are the best way for us to know that we're doing a good job for you, that we are helping you out there as you grow your trades business. So let's dive in. Last time we talked about really Creating a team that excels helps an organization, first and foremost, push past revenue plateaus. No matter what size you are, there's different levels of plateauing, meaning like you're you're stuck in a certain situation, a certain revenue, a certain profit, and you can't seem to push past it. The secret is going to be in creating a team that excels, or it may be that you know, you're trying to shift your culture. Maybe currently it's not what you want it to be. Or as you've grown, maybe the quality of the work that you're doing has gone down. These tools will help you overcome those challenges that you're currently facing. And really what holds most people back as they learn these tools, the first and the very first thing that holds them back is this lack of time. You're in your business, you're putting out fires, you're responding to everybody who has a question for you, and you're not setting aside and being intentional about your time management, which is so, so vitally key to being successful in any business, in any kind of leadership role, and just life in general. Other reasons, you know, not wanting to get out of your comfort zone, maybe not wanting to give up control. And one of the biggest things I hear from people not wanting to change and move forward with something different is usually a past experience that has cost you money or pain in some way that's holding you back from your future. So I just want to encourage you and just remind you that don't let that do you or do that to you because when you create this team that excels, you create these team members that are excelling, going above and beyond for you. It's going to give you more time. It's going to give you more success. It's going to give you give you more fulfillment and ultimately more growth in your life, leading to your legacy. A person who feels appreciated will always do more than is expected. So right now, you can just close your eyes and think about the team that you lead. Does your team do more than you pay them to do? Do do they go above and beyond? Do they do more than you expect of them? Maybe you have some team members that do. Maybe you have some that don't. Maybe they all do. And if that's the case, congratulations. But if not, just kind of think about who that person is or the team of people that aren't doing that. And as you go through and learn in in this three-part series, you can ask yourself, where can I improve? What can I do better to help them feel more appreciated and do more than what is expected of them? So when I ask people what are the most common ways to help people feel appreciated, the very first thing we always hear is give them more money. Literally just had a, had a client just finish a um, an exercise where they had a dry erase board at the front of the room. They had their entire company in the room. 
and they asked everybody to go up and write one thing that makes them different than, than their competitors. What makes that company different than the competitors? And they put so many different things about the culture, about the training, about the teamwork, about the team events, all these different things. Not one person put, you know, that they pay better than the competitors. They do pay well, right? They do pay competitively for their market. But it just kind of shifts that focus and thinking that, you know, if I just give that person more money, they're going to feel more appreciated. It's not the case. It's the lump sum of all the different pieces of your organization that you can work on to improve. Money is just a small piece of that. Next thing people talk about is words of encouragement, training people, building relationships, time off. Those all can be effective and they are all part of the process. And, and I just want to encourage you that that's, that's where your mind's at. Yes, but I'm going, to, I'm going to show you six steps in order that will help you create this team, these team members that excel. Last episode, we talked about creating an, creating an organization that is bigger than one person. And in doing so, knowing where you're going for your vision, creating a vision map and showing that person where they fit into that vision. The number two was understanding your giftedness, leadership versus management. Where do you naturally lean? Are you a better leader or are you a better manager? And knowing that can help you lean into one or the other to be more balanced. Step three, which we're going to talk about today, is setting the foundation for success. And step four is initiate the relationship building process. I'll dive in, in, into that today. And then step five is leading by example. And step six is train, coach, and mentor often. On these steps, you'll, you'll, know, you'll see that I have some tools that you can take and build and apply to your business. So today we're talking about steps three and four, and the next episode we'll be going through steps five and six to close out this three-part series. All right, so how do we set the foundation for success? You know, um, I think about a few different things as I dive into this, and one is, you know, if you're in a building trade or, you know, if you've ever built anything in your life, you know, you know this. If the foundation is not level, as you build up, it's only going to get more and more unlevel. So if you think about that in the terms of leading a team member, if the foundation's not level up front, it's only going to get worse, harder and harder and harder to lead that team member forward. Now you may be asking, what does that look like to have a level foundation? Um, and I'll talk about that here in a minute. But the other thing to think about is, you know, if I'm leading somebody and I say, or if somebody's leading me and they say, hey, Dan, I just want you to be a better leader. All right. I've heard that a lot growing up in, in what I've done here in the trades. And I think, uh, boss, I thought I was being a better leader. I thought I was a great leader, actually. You know, or they may say, hey, Dan, I really want you to excel in your position. And my thought is, is boss, I thought I was already excelling in my position. What's happening there is, you know, your boss's perspective of what you're doing versus what they want you to do may be different than your own. You may be thinking that you're doing a really good job or you're leading really well, but if there's no foundation, no level foundation, nothing in writing, then all you're going off of is your perspective versus your boss's perspective, which 
we all have different perspectives, right? We've all grown up in different situations, have different experiences, have different stresses and pressures and family lives and so on and so forth. So setting the foundation for success, you have to realize that the first and foremost, one of the most important things you can do is as you lead your team is put their position in writing. The way that you can do that is you know, sitting down with them and having them go through and list out the job duties that they're currently doing, and then you actually listing out the job duties that you want them to do. Sitting down with them, bringing that together, and creating what I call a position agreement. It's a little different than a job description. Position agreement is a binding agreement that says, I understand this, you have trained me on this, and I'm going to sign this. So I want to encourage y'all as you're setting the foundation for success for your team members, you need to have a clear written position agreement in place for that team member. So having that it helps us solve a few different things. Uh, the main thing is, is it, people struggle with a lot when they're leading people is how do I hold people accountable? How do I remove the emotions from, from leading and managing this person? And the answer is, is you have to have that foundation agreement. You have to have that position agreement. It has to be clear and in writing. They need to be trained on it. And then anytime you have issues with that person, you want to go back, sit down, print out that position agreement, sit down with them and just go through it line by line and make sure that they understand their role. And it becomes a very good accountability tool that removes that emotion. No, I mean, leaders want to be like, whenever you're leading leaders, they want to know what's expected of them and they want to be left alone to achieve those results, right? This is the foundation of that. When you're leading followers, they're always saying, hey boss, uh, what do I do in this in this situation? Or hey boss, what do you think about this? Hey boss, hey boss. They're calling you 24-7. They're popping in your office for God a minute meetings. The problem is, is that we've allowed that to happen to us and there's no foundation. There's no foundation there to show them what the standards look like in their role. If there was, I would say, you know, hey, look, you have a position agreement. You know the role. I trust you. Go ahead and make the decision and move forward with it. And that will start to build, you know, that will start to build leaders, people who think for themselves and make decisions. So it is very powerful when you think of, when you think about it like that and it keeps that target just foundationally the same we're not you know there's no gray area to where we can move that target what i mean is is in small businesses a lot of times people don't have this identity they don't have this position agreement and so one minute they may be our customer service rep and the next minute they may be our personal assistant or the next minute they may be uh, managing our marketing right like all those can go into one position agreement but the main thing is we've set that foundation if we just keep shifting that target over and over people get frustrated with that they're like man you know, you hire me to do this job, but you're asking me to do these other three jobs. I don't, you know, this is really frustrating. And the next thing you know, you got high turnover, uh, you're losing traction in the growth of your business. So if that's you, I can't under, I, I can't state this enough, how important having those position agreements are in your organization. Uh, I would go back to that vision map that you created, also known as an organizational chart. And I would look at those positions and remember you create the position first, the position agreement first, then you find the person to fit that position agreement. A lot of companies 
find the person first, and then they create a position agreement for that person. The real the reason why we don't do that is because people come and go out of you know out of our organizations, and so if we create a custom position for a person and that person leaves, then we're more than likely not going to hire that position. It's just it's just going to go away. It was really just a waste of time, waste of money, waste of traction and growing towards our vision. So going back to that vision map, you can start as a that's a good starting point to say okay let's start creating a position agreement for all these different positions and then let's train our team and equip them to accomplish that so going back to position position agreement it's different than a job description because it's going to have a signature line for both the person you're leading and yourself to review it date it sign it give them a copy of it, you keep a copy of it, and then refer back to it anytime you anytime you need to hold them accountable or train them uh, or just go back and remind yourself of what their role is. And so what usually when I'm working with teams, you know, we build them, we implement them the first 90 days, we go back to them often. And then after that, it's usually a yearly update, sit down with your team, review them, sign them again. Yearly update, sit down, review them, sign them again. And it becomes a very good system for your organization for people to have clarity on what it looks like to, uh, to do a good job in their position. So step four here and building a team that excels is initiating the relationship building process. Leaders first and foremost are initiators. And what I mean is if, if we're just there and we're just waiting on this person that we hired to come build a relationship with us, then it's like we're just it's like it's like we're just passively waiting for our company to grow versus being active in it and saying, you know what? No, I know the relationship building process is, is very important for the know, like and trust. It's very important for leading and influencing people. So how about I initiate that? How about I initiate building that relationship? And so. A lot of people say, Dan, you know, I have these, I have a standard, I, I, I have a relationship to everybody I lead. And I say, really? And I may ask them, what's their kids' names? How old are their kids? What are their hobbies? Do they have any goals? What about their spouse's name? How long, how long have, they, have they been married? You know, those are all just clear examples of nine times out of 10, the people who say I have a great relationship with that person can't answer any of those questions. And when I sit down with you and I say, or say my boss is sitting down with me, hey, Dan, how's your wife doing? I say, good. Okay, that's a pretty standard relationship building question. Versus saying, hey, Dan, how's Lauren doing? I know y'all's 19th year anniversary is coming up and uh, y'all are going to do this little trip over here and they're very detailed about it. Doesn't that make you feel more appreciated? Wouldn't you want to do more for that leader if they took the time to understand that about yourself? Or they say, hey, Dan, how's your son doing? I'd be like, good. Or they say, hey, Dan, how's Eli doing? I know he just started his soccer season and, you know, and, and you said last time he really enjoys it. I just want to check in and see how Eli's doing. I feel, I mean, just that extra step makes you feel more appreciated. So when it comes to being intentional, you want to know things like, you know, examples of family information, spouses, kids, ages, you, you know, you can start very basic or you can go as advanced as you want. You want to know hobbies. Other thing that you want to document is goals, just like using that vision map to keep people engaged in building their career. 
Well, it's not always just about being more successful at work. We also want them to achieve goals and be more successful at home. So documenting, maybe they want to start working out three days a week, or they want to go on this family vacation to Disney World, or something like that. Like helping them achieve that, maybe they want to buy their first house. Helping them achieve that's going to going to help that, or it's going to make that team member feel more appreciated. I want to talk to you about uh, scheduled versus non-scheduled relationships. John Maxwell speaks on this quite often, and. He talks about the power of having both. You know, a scheduled relationship would go, like when I hire a team member, it goes on my calendar to meet with that team member every two weeks. Every two weeks, I'm going to sit down and meet with that team, that team member, and it's going to be strictly built on personal relationship. The other two weeks, I'll talk about that later on, but so bi-weekly, I put it on my calendar, meet with my team members and they know that every two weeks they're going to sit down with me for an hour and we're going to go through and check in with them on a personal level if you think an hour is too long start with 30 minutes but realize remember going back to those excuses of why people don't do this is they don't set aside time to intentionally build these relationships the difference in non-scheduled would be you know hey you know what are you doing for lunch today let me go ahead and take you to lunch and let's just have a non-scheduled meeting. But it's important to have scheduled relationships because it gives people uh, it, that space to be able to, to come and talk and build a relationship and ask questions and share information. And the more and more you do it, the more consistent you are with it, uh, the more that that team member is going to share with you. The days of not bringing your personal life to work are over because, you know, it's just part of the generations that we lead the personal life is very much a part of it and if we choose to ignore it and push it out then there's plenty of options out there for these you know for for these team members they'll go somewhere else it's a different world that we're living in so if you if you decide that hey this sounds awesome i'm going to initiate the relationship building process sit on your calendar every two weeks meet with that team member um, have a place to document the information. As soon as you ask these questions, it is very important that you write it down or put it in your computer and be able to refer back to them often. If you ask me about my family and I told you, and then next time we meet in two weeks, you ask me about my family again, then I'm going to get frustrated with you because you keep asking me the same question. I think, well, he's just doing that for whatever, but he's not, he doesn't actually care enough to document it. And so it's important that you document this along the way. Um, if you keep asking that question, you're going to lose trust. And remember that, you know, losing trust is not a one-time occurrence. Typically, it's just lack of consistency in your leadership. Um, and and eventually, if you lose enough trust, your, reputa your reputation begins to precede you. And what you'll find is that you have team members who aren't really bought into you as a leader, and they're definitely not going to be bought into you whenever you're wanting to implement new things in your business because they know that you have a track record of being inconsistent so initiate the relationship building process my my recommendation is bi-weekly but you know for an hour if you've never done it before you know 30 minutes is fine and if you have a really tight schedule i think once a month 
at the very basic level is also a good recommendation. So the ideal is twice a month for an hour. Uh, but the main thing is, is that you start to document these things. You go back to them often and it will make that person, it will help that person feel more appreciated um, from you as their leader. So recapping the podcast today, step three is setting the foundation for success using position agreements. This is one of the slowest processes of, or the slowest things you have to do because depending on the size of your organization, this may take you hours or months to build all these position agreements. If you, but it is, it is such a powerful tool. Four is initiate the relationship building process. Um, having a scheduled relationship, documenting this stuff along the way, referring back to it often, um, knowing that you know this, you, you know, doing this consistently will help your team member excel, and they'll want to do more for you as their leader. In the next episode, we're going to talk about leading by example and the difference between training, coaching, and mentoring. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it with a friend. And we'll see you in the next Built for the Trades podcast.